All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers can learn how to grow their bootcamp and social media. Here's your host, Travis Matern. All right, guys, thank you very much for watching today. What we've got, we've got a very special guest. We've got JP, John Polly, who uh, someone that we've got to know through different, um, you know, different uh, platforms such as Filex and Fidex, a uh, PTA global mentor, uh, really all-around nice guy, JP, always has plenty of time for us and um, involved in a lot of things. Today we're going to talk about a lot of things, but I think what I've always taken away from JP's stuff is movement he loves the idea of movement and and having everything functional in in a, in a genuine way not in a you know i suppose in a way that people say oh it's functional that i do this but it's not really overly functional uh everything he talks about is everyday practice and it's something that i've really enjoyed through all of your lectures jp and i, I have to say many things throughout your lectures have really blown my mind in in ways of different ways to approach training um so thank you for being with us today and thank you for spending your time and uh, giving us a bit of your time and uh, thank you very much. But let's, uh, what's a little rundown? Can you give everyone a little bit of an intro to yourself as well? Um, happily, I'm, and it's my pleasure, Travis, I should just say, to, uh, to be talking to everyone today. I, I, I really love uh, doing these things. I speak far better spontaneously than, than I do in an organized fashion. So that's funny that because really, I'm really well for me. So interviews is my kind of thing. Yeah, it's, I'm very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> with regard to what I'm doing, really, I've, I've been in the industry 12 years um, and, and really practicing properly for about the last 11. Yep. I started off with uh, how everyone else starts off. It was a career change for me. I was 35 and, and I was kind of done with uh, everything else. I had a furniture company in the UK and, um, and it doesn't easily transfer to fitness. So <laughs> I retrained um, and literally started again. And, and along the way, I had a relationship um, um, come along, which, which brought me here to Australia. Ah, so you're pretty- my, my background is, is very much that, yeah, I started out, just like everyone else, Cert 3, Cert 4 in fitness yep. and started um, doing things a fairly, uh, fairly kind of traditional way. Um, it was weights, it was cardio. And then um, once I come to Australia, I was already doing things a little bit differently. So I was already using whole body. I was already doing kind of complete, you know, 45-minute workouts with a tennis ball, a basketball, and a football, for example, and things like that. So there was already things where I was I was thinking a bit differently, but I didn't really know why. Yeah. Uh, then I was lucky enough to be mentored by the likes of Ian O'Dwyer and Michelle Dalcourt. Um, had some exposure to the guys at PTA Global. And it completely changed the way I saw things in, in the sense really that it gave me the confidence to keep doing what I was doing and actually underpinned with knowledge and, and some science as to why on earth I'd be doing what intuitively felt right for me to do and obviously gave results to my clients. It wasn't about me, it was about them. Yeah. Uh, and then it leads me to, you know, 2018 where I'm, I've been a, a Phylex presenter for, for six years in, in that kind of area of integrated movement, myofascial kind of movement. Yeah. Um, and it, and, it, and it's, um, 
and and FitEx, the the New Zealand conference, which I love because the amount. I loved FitEx as well. You know, that was my yeah. first FitEx experience, and and I really loved it because uh, I felt like. The presentations were equal quality for sure. Maybe there wasn't quite the depth of, of presenters and stuff like that, but there was like the top quality, top-notch presenters all over the place. And I felt like you spend more time with someone like you, yourself, or Cam, or, or anyone who was there. I felt like everyone just had a bit more time for you as opposed to Firelex where like it's, you know. It is, yeah, it, it's a bit more relaxed and that you do feel like you have that time as well. Um, super friendly, but yeah, you, you, you don't feel the stress of it situation at all it's really go 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 at Firelex and that's not you know not, it's not a criticism that's just how it is it's, yeah, that's yeah how it is. That, that was really really great um so i get to i if anything i get to form proper connections uh, at an event like Fitex purely because it's a little bit more laid back and, yeah. and you actually have the time to do that and then uh and then coming back to, to the story really in the time since i've been here i've, I've been a viper master instructor um i'm still a sandbells master instructor a power plate vibration technology. I'm also a master instructor for them. I've been a freeform board uh, master instructor also, and I've, I did some things for a company called Ike Fitness, which was functional retraining. Uh, I did uh, Stroops. So, so there's been a number of different things like that. Stroops, um, okay. yeah. I just, I just come across Stroops actually. Yeah. So again, it's just anything that will that will move the body in what I consider to be. You know, there's a lot. Of, this word authentic gets a little bit overused for me, but it's the top of my values board on, on, on the wall here, right here in my studio. You know, authenticity comes first. Yeah. And it's just not been about authentic person. It's about, you know, moving the body in the most authentic way and making authentic kind of connections and trying to actually um, reflect authenticity that you have, you know, the, the essence of you effectively out there in the outside world, in, in your life and in, in your work, more importantly, in our yeah. Yeah, I think that's my big takeaway from you. Everything like that. that's how it feels when I deal with you. you know, yeah. like whenever, whenever we chat or whenever we talk about training, whenever we just chat, it's always very authentic. It's always very, yeah, it's it's it's, it's always nice. It's always pleasant. It's always very nice and friendly to chat with you. So it's always a it's a it's a great thing. I'm um, I'm happy with that, and and I get described as nice a lot. And, and there was a time um, when the word nice really got a hammering. And you know what? I'm pretty happy. If everyone goes, oh, he's such a nice guy. Better than being nice. Nice is a pretty good place to be. I'll be, on, I'll be honest with you. Um, whilst it's not like that fervent, uh, and I, oh my God, he's the most inspiring guy I've ever met. But I'll tell you what, um, you know, nice guys don't always lose. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it's, I don't know. I don't think too much <laughs> about that sort of stuff, but I, I do think that it's always nice to be, liked and you know people want to talk to you and want to spend time with you and stuff like that i think that's always a, a good sign if it helps people connect with me then then i'm very happy um to, to fulfill that kind of a role because i know i've met some people that are you know as i was coming up through that were so um that were such big names and such inspiring people in in my mind that i actually got choked and froze when i eventually got to meet them when i first got to meet so Michelle Dalcourt was a huge influence. Yeah, so he's I when you shared with me that you'd done a bit of work with him, he's the Viper Viper he, and, he invented Viper and he's the head of the Institute of Motion in the States, which which spits out you know the, the most fantastic yeah. information um, for the industry. If you haven't connected with the Institute of Motion, everyone out there, then do so. If you haven't connected with OD on movement, you know, wire, 
then please do yeah. so. And if you haven't connected with PTA Global for, for very, you know, they their tagline is they make the contact simple, which is what I'm all about, why I work with them. Uh, then uh, then connect with those as well. They're, they're just fantastic um, organizations to connect with in terms of information, yeah. information and, and just some simple stuff to go, wow, that blows my mind. It's so simple, but it works. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I love about a lot of this stuff that when you've had lectures and stuff like that and you've had talks, it's, it's that philosophy on, wow, you know what? That is so simple and the, the philosophy... It, it works, it, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I always, always enjoy your lectures. They're always fun. They're always practical. They're always relevant. They're always, you know, um, yeah, always enjoy it. <laughs> and for me, I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know, egos with the wrong word. There's just a lot, of, an awful lot of interest in trying to make us sound really uh, intelligent and, and go to lectures that will make us, you know, sound really intelligent and things like that. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to re-educate yourself well and use and, and, and learn the big words, um, understand quite complex functions in human body. But <laughs> uh, when you are dealing with a client, you can't. they may not want to hear that. There are some people that do. Uh, you know, that's the way they connect is through information and, and mm-hmm. through, you know, the ability to educate themselves through you. But, but a lot of people, actually, they want you to deal with them as a person. Please, you know, just say, you know, they might low back rather than, you know, your you know, lumbar sacral joints and things like that because they can connect with you as a human on in that way. So I, I do tend to to use quite a lot of colloquialisms when I'm talking and when I'm educating because I want people to really connect and absolutely understand yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Well, I think it's important, like, um, you know, as trainers, we don't think of some of this stuff as, as jargon, you know, like, and, yeah. and I, I'm, so I'm a teacher and I've been teaching for a while. Well, not, I suppose not that long. I was five years full-time teaching and now I'm transitioning to full-time here with FEO as well. And that's something that was big through teaching, not talking to parents using lots of jargon. Wow. I think as trainers, you, you sort of forget some of these terminologies. For us, lumbar is pretty standard for most trainers, right? Yeah. But it, it is jargon at the end of the day. It's, it is jargon that, you know, like an average person may or may not, you know, they may not understand. So you can quite simply say, oh, your lower back, you know, like yeah. Yeah. strengthen your lower back. You know, you don't need to go on, oh, this will help strengthen your rectus spinae and your lumbar and your... <laughs> means nothing to a lot of people, you know, so yeah, that's an important thing to, to be aware of as trainers, you know. Cool, cool. So um, today we're looking at some different principles on like um, 3D training and we're yeah. going to go over a few different things, drills and fun and games and all that sort of stuff and the importance of that connection, yeah? Yeah, really, what I thought I'd talk to you about today is, is this, this concept of three-dimensional movement. And, and it sounds pretty simple, you know. We've got the sagittal plane, frontal plane, and the transverse plane. It's just like, yeah, that's simple enough. I, I do some exercises in that. And sure enough, I think a, a lot of people do. We are a hugely sagittally dominant industry. Uh, there's a lot of forward, forwards, backwards, up, down. Uh, so, again, technical jargon there, right? <laughs> and uh, Well, yeah, <laughs> forwards, upwards, backwards, yeah. down, up, down. That, that's, that's good speak there. <laughs> so that's... Um, we get a lot of that in our industry, and we also do um, a lot of exercises that 
really we would only actually physically perform those movements in a gym. And you know what? I have no criticism for any of that because if it conditions the human body, I'm completely fine with that. I guess the thing that I'm really interested in is making sure that, A, that we're not just doing movements that the human body is not authentic to the human body, as it were, because some of, the, some of those um, concentric contractions, they are hardly ever used in terms of as soon as you step out of the gym, you don't use them anymore. And I guess the other thing is, is that if, you know, out the tissues of our body build up along the lines of stress and we're only putting certain lines of, of stress through the body, well, then what about the rest of it? What happens to the rest of it? So that whole concept is what, what I'm really interested in. And, and, it, and, I, and I guess really, I, I, we don't even really do a huge amount of social movement here because what we are is the alternative. So people want to go away and do their strength training. And so no criticism of that. It does condition the body. It does you know, uh, augment strength and bone tendency, density and all those things that, that we talk about. But we might get those people that come along to us once a week and it augments, it supports it, you know, it complements yeah. all that other thing. It's also, you know, I, I find it hugely enjoyable and it just feels right when people start doing it. It just feels right yeah. so, to the point where, you know, I've, I've had in my time here at, um, at B3, my business here, we've had a CrossFit coach come and work here and then gradually reduce the amount of CrossFit that she did and then got better at CrossFit. Um, implementing some of these other strategies. Because, yeah, because it was what her body most needed. She was so hammered in that sedative plane that yeah. she brought into this three-dimensional movement and she started well, doing comps and, and getting better in comps. Yeah, it's one of these things that I often talk about when I do my videos, you know, with kettlebells or whatever, is, is this 3D idea of of sp the application for sport. Obviously, there's everyday life, but I always, you know, I love sport, so I usually yeah. revolve back to sport. And I know you've done a lot of things with golfers and stuff like that. But I think, you know, like golf and tennis and all these things, you have to work in these in these different areas. You've got to stretch and reach out here and create power and force out here or, yeah. or up here or down here. And that's what I loved. And I, I always the one thing that's always stuck with me, one of your ones, was the the core where, where we went to this core thing. And yeah. the only reason I went to it was because it was your, like I saw the name and went, hmm. The only reason I went to it was because you were doing it. <laughs> and you were said, you, your first thing was, okay, well, when we're training the core, where are we going to be? Where, and, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you're generally lying down, you know, don't plank. Or, and yours was, why? where do you usually call most? Standing up. And, and this is the sort of stuff that I loved and it was like that's the sort of simple stuff. That, it's mind-blowing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely. Um, so life and sport transferability, I, I mean, that, that speaks to me. And, every, and everyone thinks you're just trying to be trendy when you do that. But genuinely, you know, people, when, when they're performing actions, they tend not, to kind of line their feet up and, and, and perform a certain, you know, it was, no, that's very conscious. It just happens. And we want them, their, their body and then and their brain, their nervous system to be conditioned to be able to, to take on these multi-directional movements, but also to be ready when, uh, when something unexpected happens as well. The tissues need to be ready and the communication needs to be good between, between brain and body. Yeah. So, from that point of view, completely justifiable, even if we just left it there. Yeah. For me, though, I'm, I, I've done a bit of study with, uh, on the anatomy train side of things, on the, on, the, on the soft tissue side of things, which is all about how connective tissue and muscles working together, the myofascial lines, myo being muscle and fascia being connective tissue, they form chains around our body. 
Now, if you look at where the tissue travels and how those tissues affect each other, then life gets really interesting because then you realize that, you know, the, the, the left big toe and your right shoulder have a lot to do with each other, for example. So if that's the case and you have an issue somewhere in the body or a movement uh, dysfunction somewhere in the body, well, then where might it be coming from? Mm. That's the thing. Also, if those things don't communicate really, really well, well, then we've got difficulties there too. So really, if you take a step back and go, okay, then where are we starting with this? I I use the the concept of big word alert, uh, tensegrity or biotensegrity. So in other words, I'm just going to band and get this. So this, for example, is a tensegrity model. So as you can see, what it is, is this is wood and elastics. And they form a shape and a structure. And whenever you press it, it just bounces back. And this, by the way, is this particular one is a kid's toy. So it demonstrates that what we do here is whenever we make a movement, it will return to that same shape. But the wood, no pieces of wood touch. Yeah. Okay. So the reason it holds this shape and this structure is because of the elastic. It's because of the tensional forces on the elastic. Okay, so if we then tied a knot in one piece of elastic, number one is it forms a different shape straight away. So the entire model has has compensated around this one point, and then every movement that then is performed with that knot in place, Sounds different. every movement is different to when it's not there. Yeah. Okay, so we get that happening. You know, we we'll probably know where I'm going with this. In oh, no, this is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, this is one of the ones that I've been, I've seen, and it's like, man, that's so, like. So you do something like this, and you can see how this one here really sticks out quite a lot more so than when we don't have that there. So if we then transfer this to the human body theme, yeah. we go, okay, then, well, here and here, this is really having to protrude, stick out much further than it was before to compensate for this knot that we have here, this limitation that we have here. On the other side. Where are you going to get pain? Well, actually, pain is going to manifest over here. Or dysfunction or an overstretch, an overworked tissue is going to. But what really is the issue? Because here we're going to stretch and we're going to mobilize and we're going to foam roll and we're going to get massage. But where's the issue? Oh, oh, hang on. Look over here. Mm. So that's really, really important. So from from a... from a kind of a, a way of viewing the human body, I think tensegrity or what they now call biotensegrity. So all mammals are biotensegrity models. So look that up. Um, by the way, if people are interested in that, Dr. Stephen Levin and biotensegrity.com. Levin, L-E-V-I-N. So, and that's biotensegrity.com will give you more information on that. It's just a really useful concept because... Effectively, the pieces of wood in the, in the structure are the bones and the elastics are effectively what Thomas Myers in Anatomy Trains describes as the myofascial lines. They are long pieces of elastic which help our system stay in balance. Yeah. The other thing is the reason that they are apart, you see if I tie the knot, if you get a limitation in that, suddenly these two pieces of wood, you may not be able to see, but these two pieces of wood are closer mm. Than when I let go. So, in other words, 
if our, this really messed with my head when I first found this out. If our tissues are super healthy, our joints are held apart. Yeah. So if our tissues are healthy, their joints are held apart. And we're not pulled together by the tissues of our body. Mm. But even under anesthetic, you cut a muscle and connective tissue, it springs apart. The tension is that way, not pulling us together. So that really messes with me because I'm like, okay, then that doesn't make sense because surely the knee is being jammed together, the tissues are jammed. No, healthy tissues will hold the knee joint apart. And nothing came into, into more clarity for me than when I had an osteoarthritis client. She was bone on bone mm-hmm. and in severe pain. And I asked her to bend and she bent about this much before she was in pain. Yeah. And then we worked together for four weeks. I, I saw her three times in four weeks and gave her some mobility exercises, which would affect the lines that where I saw restriction and the connective tissues especially. And what happened after four weeks was she did perform full 90 degree squat and walked without a limp with no pain anywhere. Mm. And for me, it's just like, well, I, I can't change osteoarthritis. It's impossible to change osteoarthritis, but what might I have done? Well, it makes sense to me that if, I've, if, I, if she's like this and it goes bang and it goes ow, and now we've got this, so she can now do this. She can be, um, she can actually have a situation where she is symptom free, but still fully has the condition. Mm. So she has a completely working, authentic body, but still maintains that that condition, that debilitating condition that she has. Yeah, well. it's a pretty amazing thing. And when I when I when I when I went through that experience, it was just like, okay, then this stuff opening doors, some credit. Yeah. Uh, so. How does that then transfer into training? Well, again, it's, as you can imagine, if we're looking at one part, so for, for that lady, she had a huge amount of restriction in her hips and in her feet, i.e. the joints above and below the knee. Yeah. No issue with the knee. So if that's the case, then surely if we can um, produce far more effective movement at the major joints, the major intersections where these lines go through, well, then we're going to move better we move better, we train better, we, we enhance more tissue. Now, there's something called Davis's law. So I talked about tissue lays down along the lines of force. That is Davis's law. It's like Wolf's law with bone. Davis's law is that tissue will lay down along the lines of force. But going back to the point from earlier, if our force is all technical jargon alert, if our force is all uppy-downy and forwardsy backwardsy, then we have an issue, don't we? Because... What about if you go a bit off center? If instead of going to 12 o'clock, you're going to two o'clock, then you're going to nine o'clock, then you're going to five o'clock, then you're going to seven o'clock. Well, actually, the tissues need to be worked in that fashion if you want to be efficient and not have problems over time. Yeah. And, and this is why we would see, you know, hugely strong guys in the gym, if they move house and suddenly they're having to grab something and move in this kind of forceful manner. And also they take the load on at end range instead of they have it close by first and then go to end range. So the nervous system is ready. Suddenly the nervous system isn't ready because it's not been trained to be ready. Mm -hmm. Then they're performing a transverse pain action that they would never do at any other time. Suddenly bodies start to break down. So very strong, fit looking people 
can actually get injured at the at the slightest weirdest thing. You know, why why would picking up a flat flat screen TV off to my side cause me an injury? Yeah, I mean, or even even the simple stories of uh, you know footballers who are playing with their kids, and they're you know like obviously in their daily training with a lot of footballers is that sagittal style, you know, up, down, and forwards, backwardy. Mm-hmm. They start playing with their kids, and they sort of you know like go to and they, like the amount of stories you hear. You know, they've done their knee or whatever, and they were picking up their kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going, man, you guys are like 110 kilos, and your kid's probably 15 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. all – like, and, and they always put it down to bad luck sort of thing, right? But, you know, let's – And there's, there's a number of things at play there. It could be that, that you know, because, I mean, footballers for a start, I, they, they move a lot on the field in, you know, three dimensions. Yeah. Um, their training, their training. I don't know what they do with their, their training in the gym as to whether they it all a sagittal and b contractile. So in other words, it's pulling joints together. Okay. But if that's all it is, then what then they need to be out on the field is they need to be more open and, and long. So if you can train those tissues long, so not just perform a squat, for example, mm. but actually perform like a skater step, for example, where you would step and drive your hand towards the opposite foot now at the end of that um, exercise what what you'll find is that the greatest load goes in at the greatest length of the tissue so it gets as i reach my hand towards my foot maybe i've got a dumbbell in, in or a sandbell or something in my hand and i'm driving my hand towards that foot what's happening is from this right hand to my left foot there's this chain of tissue that gets loaded in the middle of that chain of tissue is the butt so glutes are having to, having to fire and stabilize action massively. There's a whole heap of other stuff going on, don't get me wrong, but you know, I want to use more, more traditional terms just to explain this. So quads, quads, glutes, and hammies are really having to stabilize the action. And the maximum amount of force into the body is at the maximum length that they will go to. Awesome. As you come out of that action, it gets easier, 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 easier. So what we're then doing is we're saying to those tissues, with a submaximal load, I might add. <laughs> what we're saying with those tissues is, hey, do you know what? Can you be strong in this lengthened position? Can you be strong there? Because then the joints are more likely to stay more open. The tissues aren't going to be trying to pull you together. So if you can train the body, A, three-dimensionally, and, and B, more long at, with length tension, I don't really mean eccentric. Eccentric training is slightly different. But with length tension in a three-dimensional manner, well, then our, our bodies get used to that and, and you have a training effect from a, from a physical tissue perspective. Uh, Davis's law is in play, of course. You're lying down tissue in, in, along new lines of force. But then from a neurological point of view, you are then getting your system working really beautifully because you're putting those, the more you do something, the better you become in terms of brain-body connection, not just in physical body response. So that's why I'm right-handed. I'm so great at writing with my right hand, and I'm so poor with my left hand, right, because I've done so much more with this hand. So this brain-body connection is massive. It's the same when we train. If we're not doing stuff, we're not going to be very good at it. We're going to be poor at it. So if we can perform movements that are both three-dimensional and create this length tension, our joints are held further apart. We've got great, better enhanced joint range of motion, but the tissues are being trained in a way that's authentic to us. Because by the way, 
bending down and reaching across to pick something up off the floor. Pretty common. Fall up off of filth is actually pretty common. Mm. Uh, so if we can train the, the body in the way that we might then use it in life and sport, then fantastic. I'm not saying it's better than other training. I'm just saying it's something that we yeah. should put in the mix, right? Yeah, exactly. That's You're spot on. It's, um, you know, I, I've not done, you know, I suppose traditional training for a long time where you're looking at your bicep curls and your lat pull downs and all that sort of, you know, stuff in a gym with the machines or whatever. I haven't done that for a long, long time, but it's, you can see the people in the gym who are doing that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, like you say, you take them out of the realm and have them twist and, and pick and move. And they find it very difficult. Not only I mean, my mobility is one thing, it's not, not, not my strength. <laughs> my mobility is not my strength, but you know, like for, for some people, just even moving in, in fairly simple patterns, you can see the the difficulty they have on even using that mental connection of getting that right hand down to the left foot. And the thought they've got, hang on a minute, my right hand's going to go to my left foot while I'm twisting. Like, like you said, if you're not practicing and you're not, you know, using those things in a regular way and, and, and training those sort of things, they, you know, is it, is it sort of, you know, you don't, you don't use it, you lose it sort of thing almost. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the, the, the irony is, is that, you know, certainly in my facility, we're teaching people how to move naturally, which, which, which like sounds like ridiculous, but that's the truth of the matter because actually a lot of people have forgotten, um, you know, their, their bodies have forgotten them. You know, you need to reawaken that stuff because I, I can guarantee you, you know, I've got three kids. I don't see a lot of them performing, uh, you know, a, a bench press or a lat pull down or a bicep curl type action very often. And that's not me hammering traditional training because you know what? The irony for me is that I, I, I go into this stuff. I learn this stuff and I, I, help people train in this way and and I, I'm a movement therapist so I help people get out of kind of issues with with you know uh, pain or, or dysfunction the irony for me is is that you know seven seven years of, of doing that and actually completely ignoring traditional training that's my weakness right now you know there most people in our industry are, are kind of a little bit dominant in this kind of traditional zone and could use a little bit more work elsewhere I've kind of not done any work in there. So the irony is now I've got guys coming in and I'm saying, you know what, my weakness is what you do. I need to do some of what you do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually, uh, you know, I, I need to put a bit, man, fatherhood is tough. So, <laughs> yes. uh, so I've, I've been able to train less. and I've had far more diseases brought into my house in the last kind of four years or so. Yeah. So I, I'm, I've gradually reduced the amount of, uh, of muscle that I have on my body, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's gone. So I need to get that back. What's the best way of doing that? Traditional training, for sure. Yeah. So um, if you, you know, if you want to train your body and, and condition it, and, and also incidentally have it look good, we need some of that. If you want to have your body, you know, you want to look good and run for the bus and pick up your kids at funny angles, then do both. Yeah. But hey, do you know what? Bodybuilding is a sport. Well, you must do a lot of that. And if you, you know, if you do it really, really well and you've got great genetics and the right kind of diet going in, man, you'll be fantastic at that. Do those guys care if they can run for a bus? No, not at this point in time. It's not functional for them. It's hugely functional for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I remember there's a guy, uh, Mark Davo Davis, who who presents a lot. and And I've seen him talk about functional training. Well, hang on, deadlifts. 
hugely functional exercise. Well, especially if you're harvesting pumpkins, because you'll do, uh, you know, big pumpkins, you'll do a heap of dead, deadlift that day when you're harvesting pumpkins. Incidentally, I think deadlift is fantastic, but, um, but I also think it's a, it's almost like a underutilized exercise because we only deadlift here. So why can't we take it submaximal and actually put the load off to one side and deadlift that up and lift and put it down on the other side and man and you know with if, you, if you're traveling loads you're traveling with your suitcase you do your shopping whatever yeah. the case may be how often are you you know that like I love sort of farmers carries and stuff like that yeah. you know like that 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 is so common and and used in our everyday life you know like how often are you picking something up from the side so- from the side of your body and going okay i've got to pick this up and carry it over there you know you know like you said you're not picking it up on a barbell with an even load on both sides from the front and setting up and you know like it's there's that that's why i love this you know like like you said like people refer to deadlifts and stuff as functional training which it is like you know you're the hinge totally. and the stuff like that but how often do you have the even load at the front and and you know i mean there's this there's you know, that movement, that hinge, I, I think yeah. that's maybe where we should focus more in, you know, using the hinges and those movement patterns and, and adding those loads in different ways, which is, you know, why I always enjoy playing around with different things, you know, whether it be sandbags or kettlebells or, you know. Um, and that's what I was going to actually write down here, you know, like, so in your, you, you mentioned some of the stuff that you do for, you know, 3D training, you said some sandbells so that, you know, they're the, the, the um, you know, the neoprene things, which are really cool and, they're really fun. You know, throw them around a bit and yeah, yeah. fun. Like I've done one of your things on those. They were really cool. What other things would you um, might you utilize in, in some of this 3D training that you're doing? Sure. I mean, great question because, uh, you know, up to now we've just been talking about it like this kind of an idea or concept. And this is like, well, actually, physically and practically, what, is it, what does it look like and what do you use? Well, um, yeah, sandbells, you know, incidentally, I've, I've become a master trainer in stuff that I love. I, I, I don't become a master trainer in anything that I'm not. You know, I don't use, I'm not interested in. So I've only ever kind of, you know, said yes to things that, that make sense to me. So sandbells are in my studio. They get used every single day for a heap of reasons. But, you know, the, the fact that it's a constantly moving load is a really good thing. The fact that it creates, you know, this grip strength, which helps stabilize the shoulder is a really, really great thing too. I originally got them in for my golfers because, you know, grip strength is really, really important. And then we ended up using them with everyone. And even to the point where, you know, it's a near green bag filled with sand, go from one kilo to 23 kilos. Um, but even if you just want to get someone kneeling, you can just slip, slide them underneath people's knees just for a bit of extra comfort on a hard floor and things like that. Um, so they're used every single day. Um, Viper um, from, um, yeah, Michelle Delacour's tool, I will use those. We use those every single day because of the, the nature of the load is such that you load movement as opposed to perform sagittal concentric work. So if I can take a Viper and, 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 and take it out to the side, what, what there then happens, if I back away a bit, what then happens is this lateral line of tissue all the way down the other side of my body stabilizes that, and it stabilizes it by going longer and switching on and activating. So, again, we're getting great joint motion. What we also get is, um, you know, the... There's three big joints that we really want to work well on this, the foot ankle, the pelvic ring, and the thoracic ring. So those, if we get those three working really, really well, humans tend to function pretty damn well everywhere else too. So sandbells, vipers, 
Um, I use vibration, so power plate uh, technology in the studio. We've got three big commercial machines here and are portable as well. So uh, a lot of people think that that's, that's just a, a, a kind of a gimmick for fat loss. We don't use it at all. So what we're looking to do there is, you know, if, if your body has been stimulated 30 times a second subconsciously because your brain can't even process that, then the amount of change that you can get in tissue is massively uh, enhanced. So if I want to see where can we go with this, I will use vibration. So it's both used as a, as a kind of a wellness, kind of almost like a massage tool at one end and a completely a performance tool at the other. So I've used those as professional golfers. I've used it with people who have come in with debilitating pain and chronic disease. Mm. Um, so they will get used every single day in the studio. Uh, sometimes people use vibration for 55 minutes of an hour. Other people, it'll be two minutes of the hour because everything is specific to the, to the human. Yeah. Uh, we use cables. Okay. Um, that's that's a, a really common thing for us. Um, and freeform boards, which are like these flat board, flat round wheels, yeah. Again, they, 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 they just create this flowing motion. So from a from point of view- Like um, sliders, yeah, almost like, you know- those, They are like sliders, but yeah. Got the wheels on it and they move around a bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, done a, I mean, I've done a small thing on them before and they were, they, they were a bit of fun as well. They're, they're amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I, was, I was lucky enough to be a master trainer for a freeform board for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and then we use less uh, <laughs> traditional. So we'll use softballs, tennis balls, balloons, medicine balls, all those kind of uh, pieces of kit. And then we've got a few rackets that we can knock, knock back and forth, uh, badmintons. And that. so, yeah. so it's a matter of actually kind of creating these kind of ways for people to engage. And then with all of those tools, we'll use them the way they're designed to be used, and also in a completely non-traditional way as well. We might get a big viper and get people to throw a tennis ball, try and get it inside the viper from a distance and things like that, <laughs> just to start getting this hand-eye thing going on and, and, and natural movement going on. And also, there, if I say, hey, let's do let's do 30 five-meter shuttle runs, that's not very interesting. But try 30 throws of a tennis ball into a viper and go out and collect the ball each time from wherever it is in the studio. They don't even know they're doing 30 shuttle runs. It's exactly what I was going to say. Like what you're describing to me sounds like fun. You know, like I, yeah. I grew up. Uh, I grew up as a gymnastics coach and okay. not a not a great one. <laughs> you know, my brother my brother is a high level gymnast, and we you know I did gymnastics from the time I was two or three years old, and then began coaching at like 14 sort of thing, and coached for you know 10 years, coached in America and stuff. And all this sort of stuff that you're, you're describing, it's stuff that I did when I was a kid coaching and doing gymnastics, you know, like yeah. these games, these movements and throwing, the, you know, like badminton. We used to play badminton and volleyball all the time in, in gymnastics. And, you know, we do all sorts of different things and we'd, you know, we'd be balancing and we'd throwing and all this sort of stuff. It sounds fun. You know, to me, it takes me back to sort of when I was a kid almost, you know, which I think is important because I remember once, I don't know where I saw it, where I heard it, but um, Someone was talking about uh, being in the snow and a kid going down on the toboggan and then running back up the hill and then going down on the toboggan and then running back up the hill. And you go, as an adult, that's bloody hard work. Yeah, yeah. The kids will do it all day you know, they, like, because it's fun. You know, like, and it's, it's, you know, whereas if you get someone and say, okay, we're going to run up and down this hill 10 times, that's how that stage where yeah, it's a great workout. Tell yeah. them how fun if you can slide down though. Um, absolutely. That was, um, that was a TED talk by my friend, Fraser Quelch. Um, so he's a, he's a Canadian uh, coach presenter. Um, he's behind TRX 
pretty much worldwide. Um, yeah, so he he did he was lucky enough to do a TED talk, and that was his TED talk. So it's, it's cool that you've um, that you've referenced that as well. <laughs> all these guys, you're referencing all these guys that I that I know. It's so kind kind of you to uh, to bring those into the mix as well. And the the, the one thing that I, that has been kind of circulating in my brain while we've been talking also is that there was one thing that I remember um, when I was doing a lot of the stuff through Viper with Michelle is that that he talked about how you are conditioning the nervous system, the brain nervous system and the body to, to work as one. Just, and, just quickly, before, yeah. so for people who may be listening, a Viper, yeah. um, if they may not know what it is because it's a bit, maybe it's a bit out there. Vipers are almost like a tube. It's rubber uh, handles and it's hollow, all right? And then you've got weights. Yeah, and they go from like four kilos up to about 20-something kilos, I think, right? So they go from two kilos to 20 kilos, and 20 kilos doesn't sound like a lot, but I, I can assure you that when you have two handles here yeah. and you have a large rubber cylinder and you hold it off to this mm-hmm. one side here, what you will find is that 20 kilos is no longer 20 kilos because the only time a viper weighs what it has written on the tube is when it's standing there on the ground in front of you. You start moving that load around, the most hammered vipers in my studio are the four and six kilo vipers because you're not doing this because there's a heap of other tools that yeah. can do that for you. So that's great. So, but, but you load movement and it's the same with the sandbells. The ones that get the hammered the most are the three and a half kilo sandbells, not the 23 kilo sandbell, which hardly gets touched. Yeah, and I think also on that, it's because you can probably play around and have a bit more fun with them as well, right? With the heavier yeah. ones, you can't take them out into these end weird ranges of motion. So it's a lot yeah. harder to, right? Uh, so with the lighter ones, you can play around with them and get like these weird ends of motion. Correct, correct. And it's, and it's much, much, much safer to do that because, yeah, um, yeah you, you don't use maximal loads and do three-dimensional movement unless you've been doing it for a very, very long time. Yeah. Whereas maximal loads with traditional lifts, that's the safest way to do maximal loads. That's why it exists. Yes. Um, and then and then getting the body to communicate all all as one, just to go go back to that point. There, yes, there was this thing where you see injuries happen. And Michelle said it, it if you have a specific type of training and it's not authentic to what you're then doing, whether that be in life or sport, what you'll get is what he called a critical delight. So in other words, because they're not singing together, they're not used to singing together, what happens is the body suddenly needs, an event happens and the body needs to respond without thought even occurring. The body just needs to respond. There is a critical delay because those communications just have never happened before. So you get that critical delay, which is a microsecond, and that's when injuries occur. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's what uh, the Gray Institute would call the transformational zone. You know, that, that point when you go from one to the, to the next, it's the transformational zone. So it's, it's, that, um, it's that point at which you need to be ultimately conditioned and most people aren't conditioning. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's, and that's where you, you're tying it all back to that whole functional, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that ultimate condition of, of doing your everyday life, everyday patterns. And, and, and it doesn't need to be in a sport realm. It doesn't need to be in. It can be the shops. It can be the anything, you know, like how about, you know, like even think about like a sandbell. Now you go, you go shopping, go buy your, you know, I don't know if people eat a lot of rice or something like that, but you go and buy a lot of rice. You go get a, you know, two and a half, three, four kilo bag of rice. You go pick it up from down here and you go move. 
it's you now it's super super relevant for your everyday life. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that is really popular now, and I'm kind of really glad that it is popular because it's not. It looks like a gimmick for some, I'm sure. Uh, is all the body weight training things that's coming through? Like animal flow is a big, yeah. you know, a big influence on on me in terms of the way I I think and feel about the body. If people do animal flow, and if I do animal flow, for example, that's the way my body's meant to feel. I've done some animal flow; it feels really open, strong. I'm, 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 and my body seems to take on a naturally great posture. I feel alive. You know, all of those things. Our body feeling good and giving us those messages that it feels good. That's not a sign that you haven't trained hard enough. Yeah. That that's actually a really good sign that you're training brilliantly well. Yeah. So a lot of my clients say, "Oh, I, I felt a general fatigue the next day, but I didn't. I didn't. I, w- I wasn't hurting. Is, is that okay?" I'm like, it, "It sounds perfect to me because well, you need to wipe yourself out every exactly. You know, and and I know." You know, there's a badge of honor in some places where if you haven't grown up, you haven't worked hard enough. And in any any other area of our life, if we woke <laughs> up and we feel like we ache all over, we're getting cold sweats and we're throwing up, we ring a doctor. You know, something is terribly wrong in your body saying something is terribly wrong, everyone. Can you do something about it? And so it was just weird to me that in some places that that it would be that would be a desired outcome. Yeah. That means you've taken your body to a place that it doesn't want to be going. That I mean, you know, it's rare that that, that would be justified for me. But that's that's my that's that's. Well, the, yeah, I mean, how often? Activity. Yeah, it's it's the only time I can think of something like that is that super competitive sporting realm. You know, like yeah. why else do you need to get yourself into that situation? You know, I, I don't know. I'm 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 on your your end there. Like I don't I don't I don't enjoy that working out to your dead working out to your sick sort of thing it's not a not a pleasant experience for me i much rather you know be able to move the next day and be able to yeah we want people to be able to do what they normally would want to do the following day and the day after that more importantly so it's, it's about getting a balance yes of course they're going to ache because it's a new stimulus so that's that's when of course you are going to you know create if you're going to create change there is going to be you're going to have an awareness of that over time but yeah if you can do stuff that feels really good and has you feeling better as the days go by, then you're onto a, a fairly good thing. And, and frankly, we've been talking about three-dimensional movement and we've been talking about you know, balancing that with some traditional movement. Um, we've been talking about bodyweight training. We've been talking about you know very traditional stuff that everyone knows about. But the bottom line is, is that really move more and move in a way that that really speaks to you because that is the ultimate in authenticity, isn't it? That, that, um, I think this is sort of a great way to sum it all up as well. You know, I, when I worked at a, at a chain gym and people would walk in and, they, and they'd sit down for the consult and they'd go, I don't really like gyms. <laughs> you go, okay, so what, do you, uh, so what is it that you're here for? Oh, I want to lose weight or whatever. Okay, well, so if you don't like gyms, do you enjoy doing something else? Oh, yeah, yeah I love dancing. And I'd worked at the chain gym, so it wasn't, you know, probably not the best thing for me to be saying to someone coming through. I go, why spend your money at the chain gym? Go, go do some dancing. You know, like, go play tennis. Go, go, like, do what you enjoy. You know, like, it's, mm. you lose sight of, like, you know, what fitness is and what health is. And if it's not being authentic to yourself and if it's not being 
doing what you want to do and being able to do the things you want to do, what is it? You know, like what's the purpose? Yeah. If you don't like lifting in a traditional sense in a gym, get out and do something different, you know? Animal flow, animal flow, Viper, whatever it might be. Um, what do we do? The, the, the form board, whatever it might be. Find what you enjoy doing. And I think that's, that's just a message that I feel is lost a little bit in, in trainers and training in general. Yeah. Too, I feel too often it's put a, like a negative light on, oh, you've got to hurt. You've got to no mm. pain, no gain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not, not, it's not my philosophy on training at least. You know, it doesn't sound like it's necessarily yours either. No, I mean, I would flip the no pain, no gain and say no pain, more gain. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's, I think I think it's just an important message to to remember. I think if that's the the take home from this chat today, I think for people, it's getting people to work in different um, different planes, getting people to work across the planes simultaneously as well. So it's not just whether it be the frontal all the time or the sagittal. It's it's working in those planes while continuing to work and continuing to move, having fun. I think is an important message as well and. And being authentic to to your clients. So if your clients, you know, maybe they don't want to be, maybe they don't want to be in the gym. Maybe they want to be in the gym. You know, like it's just trying to to find what it is that they they really deep down want. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess I should just mention at the end here that people can connect with me um, online. I do an online mentorship. I do. I'm in Perth, Western Australia, so I can I do a face to face one um, this year. Um, that's now going online, so they can. They can just connect with me at jp at b3mlw.com.au, uh, b3mlw.com.au. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, at the end, we'll get those details and we'll put them below the video so that anyone Perfect. can... And, and, then, um, and then, yeah, so if they want to go through that concept of, of okay, then where do I start? That's that's the starting point. It, it's it's four months. You get the practice in between our sessions and it's um, you get some one-on-one time with me as well as some group education time. And it will just take people through, introduce the what are these tissues of the body, how do we interact with them, how can we mobilize them, how can we train them. Also, are there some useful tools in my business that will actually simplify my, my ability to deal with my clients? And, it, and it's that kind of a thing. Awesome. Well, JP, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. And um, I have a feeling that there'll be some more content coming up and, and hopefully a few more chats as well. Good stuff. It's been a pleasure to speak to you, Travis. Cheers, mate. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. 
visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.